0: my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman, and we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready, and they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening!
1: And welcome everyone to Beach Commute, the Digital Nomad Resource Center with Jeff, Marissa, and Diego. Today, we're going to talk about what happens when you land in a new place. All right, so you you pick a destination, you're going to Bali. All right, you're going to Bali today. You land there, what do you do? All right, you've got to figure out work, you've got to figure out where to eat, you've got to figure out the gym, all that kind of stuff. So we've done it all. We've done it all in different locations, and we have some thoughts on the easiest way to get up to get set up in a brand new place. So let's go around, I'm gonna start with, I'm gonna start with whoever wants to talk first. Which one do you want to talk first? What's the first thing that comes to mind when you get to a new place that you absolutely have to figure out?
2: Yeah, so um, obviously panic, that's the first step. Um, no, but I've I've been doing this now for for a while. It's been uh, last time I counted forty three what we call chapters with Wi-Fi tribe. So just forty three trips where we spend a month at a time in a in a different destination. Yeah, and actually, now that you said Bali, I was thinking specifically about Bali. So what do you do there? Obviously, everything's a little bit different in that location. But as a just as a as a sort of general starting point, I'm going to ask myself, okay, well, obviously, where am I going to stay? That usually starts with trying to figure out the accommodation in terms of Airbnb and booking.com. Those are usually sort of the first go-to points. Oh, There's so also you're really good.
1: Going... You're actually <laughs> well, going I... before you get there, like planning it out. Okay, we can do that. We can do that.
2: Yeah, well, I, you know, and it's really it doesn't really have to be long before, but it's like, okay, I want to arrive and know that I've got something for me to, to be there right away, right? There's another really cool one that's called um, Hotel.com. Um, no, sorry, Hotel Tonight. Hotel tonight, and mm. that's a last-minute one. It's it allows you to book a place that is, I think, only two to three nights from from that you know day on. Um, so it's a really last-minute kind of thing, but you get really nice places mm. um, that are quite heavily reduced in price. It's not available in every city, but pretty much most of the major cities. So that's one to look into as well. They're
0: basically trying to fill inventory. So if it's a couple nights before, they'd rather have anybody stay there to have some revenue than none. So I think now you act, it used to be you could literally only book it that night. I think when they first launched years ago, and now you can actually book out a little bit further, but yeah, it's interesting. Okay.
1: And that's hotel, that's hoteltonight.com. Yeah. Uh, So rather than eating the cost of a vacant room, they'll just like mark it down. Severely, and then you get it. That's pretty cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So if you're a last minute booker, it's good.
2: (laughs) And I I do see that for us, it happens a lot that we're, you know, we are making quite spontaneous decisions. Um, But there's two reasons really not to lock yourself in right away into, you know, a month long Airbnb. Uh, and it's first of all, so that you have the chance to actually get in, check out the the location, you know, where you're actually at and that you're happy to, to be there for the long term. And also that you're happy with the accommodation that you chose for, you know, say a month, right? Because if you're locked in, you're, you're locked in and then you've either got some pricing um, issues that you have to figure out or, you know, see if you can get some money back or something like that if you do want to change. So I really love that idea of having flexibility with Airbnb. I typically go with like three nights, maybe five nights or so just for those first nights and then decide if I want to stay on. Um, or with hotels, obviously, what's really nice is if you find a, a good deal, for example, in hotel tonight, is that you can arrive right away. You don't have to worry about how do I do the check-in, which is sometimes much more tricky with Airbnb. Um, you can arrive at any time, get right in, and then you can hit the ground running, right? And then you move move on to the next thing. So that's sort of like my first point. Yeah, that starts of really a, a week or two before I get to the destination, if it's a more spontaneous trip. Then I will look a little bit into the transfer as well. How do I get from the airport to the place? Bali, again, is a fantastic example because you can literally... Um, download an app called Gojek and hire a scooter who, that will pick you up at the airport. You're just going to have to somehow drag your suitcase behind your SS yeah, that scooter. <laughs> <harder>. <laughs> so that's definitely the coolest thing. Like a one.
1: logistical nightmare. Do you oh, ride yeah. like in a little sidecar? <laughs>
0: just hug, your, hug your suitcase. That's when yeah. it's good to travel lightly. <laughs>
2: But guys, we are Beach Commuter, and that is our logo. So, you know, by default, that we're going to have true, to try it right? out. Um, I've, literally, I've literally done that. There's literally been a, a guy who was, like, driving a suitcase.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was just going to say, I also I remember landing at, like, 4 in the morning in Bali or something, and there's, like, taxis outside. There's a billion things. So just kind of some places you can just walk out and find it. Some places there's Ubers. It's It is pretty easy
2: yeah but this i think also this actually brings up a really good point figuring out your transfer is one of those you know i love to be you know off what do you call it off the cuff or on the fly like just be spontaneous get in there and um and make something make something happen but transfer is one of those things that depending on where you're going you probably do want to figure out because in some places you can just get out and get something but very often you'll end up paying way too much for it Uh, and in some places it can even be a little bit dangerous so i will usually research that quick you know quickly have a look at blogs Um, what they recommend and then usually you have tons of options you know whether it's the bus the train uh, uber if they have it in that city but they don't always if there's an other app like you know what they have in bali uh, and then figure that part out right so i would definitely know that
0: it's a great point too, you can quickly, that is one of those things that can be a big price difference and time difference. So it might be if you arrive during the day, the bus is a great option. But if you arrive at night, it takes too long, or it's dangerous, or, you know, doing an Uber, you'll you know find on blogs, it costs $20. But if you hire a taxi right off there, it's $50. So that is a great one to, um, I'm like you, where I'm like, I love to just be as spontaneous as possible. But that is a good one to do just even if it's on the way to the airport, when you're flying there, like do a quick thing and figure it out
2: exactly yeah and then another one that really helps for you know as you're arriving you're kind of like asking yourself well how how can i if you are the kind of person that figures things out on the fly and you don't have like everything perfectly printed out with you which i definitely don't that's not me um, you're <laughs> no. yeah you're gonna want you to make...
0: that,
2: are you the, the no, and planner you
0: know
1: okay, me
2: okay. i'm not the planner i do
0: you're pointing you guys can't yeah, see mine. an audience you're you're pointing at yourself i thought you were like i'm the planner i was like not what? the
2: planner.
0: <laughs> yeah okay none of us are planners <laughs>
2: Merc is more of a planner than, you know, the other two of us. So if Marissa doesn't plan, then you know where we stand.
0: <laughs> we, no, one, no one needs to plan. <laughs> we have no
1: idea. Are we to credentialed to host this topic?
0: <laughs> no, no. I didn't think so. <laughs> if you want to learn how to be off the cusp, listen to this episode. But I do think it's interesting, yeah, once you jump in. So you've, you've landed Diego. You've figured out your way to the place where you're staying. What does it look like those first couple days as you figure out, how do I work, eat, work out, live? What's your kind of process to really get situated in a new place and be able to productively work?
2: Yeah, awesome. There's one last one that I'll squeeze in there, which is um, something that you wanna, you'll want to you want to take care of before. It's to get yourself this like global SIM if you can, something like Google Fi is mm-hmm. fantastic or just ensure that you have um, data. And when you're there, you don't always have data at the, at the airport or like access to Wi-Fi at the airport. Um, and that kind of like leads me nicely into the next one, which is uh, really just figuring out how you can get your your local data as you go on the move, right? And that's one of the first things that, that I do when I land, which is getting a local SIM card, especially if I'm in a place for more than a week or two, it starts to make sense to to go out, you know, invest that. I don't know, it's going to take you half an hour, maybe an hour to, to grab your local SIM, but usually your, your data deals are way better. And that local SIM is also your internet backup for you know anything yeah. related. So whether you're working at your Airbnb and suddenly power goes out, or the internet's just super iffy, even though the landlord promised you it was going to be great, or you've decided to work from a cafe and internet's you know very very unreliable as you as you go around and do that kind of stuff, um, your your SIM card is always going to be that that kind of like saving thing that you have. So no matter what, you can set up a hotspot and work from that. Right. So I think that's yeah. super important.
0: And Dio, can you talk just for a quick second? Because I know before I started traveling, I didn't even know where the SIM card was on my phone. I didn't know what it was. They were like, get your SIM card. I was like, what does that mean? Where do you do it? How does it work? Like, do I need to go to a specific place? So can you just talk, you know, even in five seconds, like, are you doing it at the airport? Are you doing that uh, locally? Do you just just pop into a store and how does it work?
2: Yeah, uh, great question. So in some cases, you can get it at the airport. I, you know, I'd, I'd probably recommend just having a quick look around, see if you can find that there. Um, it's not always the best. Sometimes at the airports, they can also like offer you some packages that you really don't want because they're like, okay, tourists come here. This is, <laughs> this is yeah. the default. But if the deals look decent enough at the airport, I would say just grab it there. Then you're all set. Yeah. You don't have to worry about it. Yeah. My approach though is to have Google Fi and I use that really as soon as I land, I use it for the first day or two. And when I find the time to get my SIM, then I hop over to the to the local SIM card.
1: I need to back up for some of the audience here. Can you explain explain what a SIM card is? To somebody who has no idea what you're talking about, what is Google Fi? What is a SIM card? Does my phone automatically have a SIM card? Do I need a new one? Explain what that means.
2: Right, right. Is, are you asking for the audience or for yourself, Jeff? For the audience. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I I've got a myFi device that think follows me everywhere. Like I've I by by force I've learned how this whole thing works, but it was just through trial and error. So like if I had yeah. some sort of uh, you know some landing someone that actually like soft landed me into this thing I would've been way ahead of where I started
2: yeah perfect actually look honestly it's a it's a brilliant brilliant question because like by now we're buying phones and they've got these e-sims in them and it soon literally sim cards will not be a thing anymore it'll be weird right um so when i'm talking about a local sim card uh you know it's it's the the sim that you put into your phone that you have from from home basically with every provider and every country has the same system currently at least until those e-sims become a thing um, so it's really just a a chip that you'll buy. You'll go to the local um, the local mobile data and you know mobile telephony, whatever that's called, provide telecom provider, and you will ask them for hey uh, can I have a SIM card um, and you know ask them obviously what kind of data packages they give you as a as a ballpark figure you're going to want to look for something that's at least three gigabytes. Um, For some countries, that's like something you'll get. Other countries, like here in Italy, you can get 50 gigabytes uh, with, I don't know, 20 euros or something like that. So it's super cheap, but it really does change from country to country. And um, yeah, so you were asking the kind of the, the difference between a SIM card, Google Fi and like the MiFi device. Yeah, cool. So yeah, to give you a quick overview on that, the SIM cards is what goes into your phone. And it, you know, you can create your own hotspot on your phone. And basically create just your own internet that you can connect your laptop to. Now, a MiFi device is a separate device that you buy. That's not a phone. It's just specifically the only thing it does is it creates internet for you, right? Um, but it uses the same system. You'll put in your, your SIM card or whatever SIM card you've bought locally. Um, and then just create, you know, it will create its network. And again, you, you connect your laptop and your phone to that. Right. It's sometimes nice to have that because you just know, okay, this device is only for this and I can connect as many devices as I want to it. Right. And it doesn't drain my phone's battery. Right. That's kind of why you would get one of those devices. And then Google Fi or there are also other uh, like global data type packages or deals. Google Fi is a SIM card by Google called Google Fi. And it's, um, its thing, really, in, in sort of like the digital nomad world is that it allows you to have data at the same price wherever you go in the world. It's always um, $10 per gigabyte, and it also has like the semi-unlimited plan that starts to get a lot cheaper if you start using something like, I think once you go past six gigabyte everything up until about 15 gigabyte is basically free. So if you're a heavy user of, of data, it makes a lot of sense as well. But the reason that something like that is incredibly useful is because you can hit the ground running, right? Wherever you arrive instantly, you just turn on your, your phone with the with Google yep. Fi SIM card in it or whatever device you have that creates this global internet. Um, you pay more per data um, per per gigabyte, but it uh, it is so much more comfortable, right? So that's why yep. I use it more than anything as a backup. And then I get my local SIM card once I'm on the ground, once I've settled in a little bit, and that then becomes what I use for data, right?
0: Yeah. And it's interesting. I think at some point we could do a whole episode on this, because I know when I oh, first yeah. started, it's confusing. If if you need your local phone number that you've been using forever, you can either switch completely and use Google Fi as your only provider and keep transfer your phone number from something like, you know, ATT or, you know, whatever to Verizon, whatever you have. Um, but it's it's kind of confusing at first for people. When I land, I actually keep two phones still to this day. I have a Google Fi that I use when I'm abroad, and like you said, for me, I only started that maybe in the last year. So the first two years, I would land somewhere, buy a local SIM card wherever I was, and basically imagine it's just your local phone number. So your SIM card is what gives you that phone number and gives you access to you know whatever mobiles you know cell towers are in that area. So In the past, before I had Google Fi, like maybe if you're just starting out and want to try this life for a month or two and you're not ready to commit, what I would actually do, I had uh, like my iPhone, I had my old iPhone that I would bring both. And I would just leave my, you know, US SIM card in my old phone so that I would just leave it plugged in in my, you know, Airbnb or hotel or wherever I was staying so that people could text or call when it was on Wi-Fi. And then in my phone that I wanted to use day to day, I would get a local SIM, put it in my card so that when I hit the ground running, I could, you know... Be on the ground, have maps, have access to you know whatever local data, and then also tether if my Wi-Fi goes out and things like that. Now I have Google Fi, and I still keep two different phones um, and SIM cards. But like Diego said, it, it's so even if it is a little bit more expensive, it's so helpful to be able to even we just land in the airport. If you land somewhere at night and maybe the um, SIM card place is closed in the airport. You have access to sell data, you know, right away. And there's just a comfort to that to know. I think Google Fi is currently in over a hundred countries. So it's not every single place, but the majority of places you'd be going, it just works right away. And it's, it's so, so helpful. And there's also group plans. I know I'm on a group of like eight of us, eight nomad friends, and it's, it's maybe right now, $45 for unlimited for a month. So it's actually a pretty good deal.
1: I think that's good that's, yeah. context for everybody um, because And it's so important. I did want to bring this up because it is that is real stress when you go to work and you don't have Internet, right? You find out, okay, this is your scenario. This is what you're looking at for those people who haven't done this yet. You land in an airport, your phone stops working. You don't get data or you're getting 2G. You're getting 2G T-Mobile data for free and you have no idea how to get data. All right. So this is why you go through all these steps that we just talked about because you're gonna get your computer and not be able to use it. You can't work because you don't have functional internet or you're reliant on whatever wifi is available, which could be depending on where you are pretty bad, right? So you need to like, this is a super important part of the process. So thanks for backing up. I think we're all caught up now. <laughs> all right, dead. cool, <laughs> you've, you've got Wi-Fi, Wi-Fi all set up your next step, go
2: yeah perfect oh and by the way um marissa thank you for reminding all of us that a sim card actually gives you a phone number like i am in so deep into this lifestyle (laughs) that i'm like all i think is data right Uh Uh, so yeah
0: i know yeah it's your local phone phone number and it's helpful even to call local restaurants or you know local whatever to have that local sim is is really helpful for that
2: (laughs) yeah no 100 percent. cool another thing that you could have done as well as, as Jeff was saying like the last thing you want is to arrive have no data you're totally lost Last thing you could have done is downloaded Google Maps onto your phone. That area that you're about to be in, that allows you to use Google Maps without any data. And that means that, you know, whatever happens, like I literally, arrived in, in Puerto Escondido in, in Mexico uh, two years ago. And um, yeah, I was, I just got in and then literally like my mobile data goes out and I'm like, oh, that's fine. I'm sure I can get some data somewhere. Turns out the entire area was completely out. And Rolling back, like, uh, yeah, completely out. Like I couldn't even call my grandma. Like is nothing, you know, nothing. There is no. You can't yep. even do smoke signals out there, yep. right? That was it. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, in yeah. those moments, you're really happy if you've got you know Google Maps downloaded because it works offline and allows you to at least get to your place. Um, Especially because, in places like that, dirt roads. Like, okay, good yeah. luck. Right, make a <laughs> make a left at the
1: chickens. Make a ride at the donkey. <laughs> look for the red tree to your left. Yeah, We've all been right. there. We've all oh, been yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, I that's look, a good I tip. Look. I forgot all about that one.
2: Great, cool. Well, then uh, think about money as well, right? That's another thing. Like you said, Jeff. All right, we're here. We're 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 in right now. You're going to want some local currency. Um, here's my my like really big advice, guys. Really remember this one: uh, you do not want to take money um, into uh, at you know when you arrive at the airport. You don't want to take your money and ask them, "Hey, can you please exchange my dollars into whatever the local currency is?" You know, nine times out of ten, you're going to get ripped off because the the people that do these exchange rates, especially at the airport they will charge you stupid rates. I've seen something as insane as like being charged 30% of the amount of money that I asked them to to change, which is nuts. Like you're oh. literally just losing that in a, in a beat, right? Um, Those are so mafia numbers, yeah. man. Jesus. It's nuts. I mean, it's, not.
1: it's a business. They're not there to help you. I mean, it is a business. <laughs> yeah. You know? And, and what Meanwhile, they know is you're an ATM
0: sitting right next, right to, next to it.
1: To it. <laughs> and people don't That's even funny. realize, they don't realize that they can use, you can use the ATM. Sorry, you're probably yeah. getting to this, but you can use that ATM.
2: I mean, Jeff, go for it because that's exactly it. <laughs> like, that's all you have to do. You know, just take your, have your, have your card ready. Um, At worst, the ATM is going to charge you $5 to pick up the money. Obviously pick up a good amount, yeah. you know, 200, 300, $400 worth of of local currency. Um, If you're uncomfortable yeah. carrying a lot with you, 200, 100 should even do the trick. And then you've got enough to get you around, get your SIM card, get the taxi to the place, get your first meal, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. But you definitely want to have local currency in your pocket right away. Because you can't expect to be running on, on credit cards uh, or, or debit cards as you're going around like that. You know, sometimes yes, sometimes no. And you
1: can't expect Uber to work too, right? So let's get into right. the, the transport a little bit. Um, you can't just arrive somewhere and expect Uber to work. I mean, it's in this weird influx. It's Uber is currently banned for the next five weeks and you'll have no idea, right? right. So you have to plan for any type of... Transportation and safe transportation. Does anybody have any insights into that? Like, what does safe transportation look like? How do you prep for that?
2: Yeah, we've looked into that a lot, especially with like the everything that we were doing with Wi-Fi Tribe, and um, obviously we have mm-hmm. you know anywhere between twelve to twenty-five digital nomads arriving in a in a city uh, all at the same time, and they they've never been there before, so we have to kind of like um, feel it out a little bit first and be able to say these are the safe options for you to go. So um, again, I could give you details on each country that we've been to, but that's obviously not going to help so much now. So instead, as a, as a rule of thumb, best thing you can do is kind of what we talked about in the beginning is, is do your research there. When it comes to the airport transfer, you don't want to come to a country, especially if it's a country that's that you are not 100% sure is you know, super safe or, uh, or you're just not as comfortable with. Uh, it just feels very unknown. Um, definitely do your research. Blogs will tell you all about the safety and how to get safely from the airport to somewhere else if in doubt, and you haven't sort of figured that out ahead of time or and you don't have internet as you land, which again, if you've done, done all the things that we told you, you're, you'll be fine. Mm-hmm. But say you didn't, right? And you're like, oh, shit, I should have listened to Marissa, Jeff, and Diego. Um, <laughs> and then you can always go to the, the local help desk at the airport. Like, just make sure you talk to somebody official, right? Um, because yeah. there will be people that will look semi-official and it could very well just be basically taxi scammers. They won't usually do anything horrible to you, but they will charge you uh, a stupid <laughs> amount of money to to get to where you're trying to get to um but also you in in some countries you yep. just don't want it to be non official option yeah. yeah yeah it's happened yeah it's real yeah. 100% you'll run into it i think we've all had that one right Yep. Right.
0: and one other quick tip with that one too um what i like to do is if i'm staying at an airbnb or booking.com or a hotel whatever it is i'll ask that hotel or airbnb host ahead of time they usually have someone that they're like oh we always use you know joe he driven us for a year you know whatever it is so they can usually give you like a local number of someone they trust or a company or things like that so it's also if you're planning ahead of time which obviously we are so good at (laughs) um that's a great one but yeah otherwise like diego said find that actual info center in the airport and say like what what do you recommend and they'll help you
2: yeah and when in doubt by the way like in, in a country that i really don't know if i feel that um i am not confident that a private taxi is trustworthy for whatever reason. Like I feel like it's not officially, you know, associated with the airport. I actually usually feel better um, taking a a more public option, more public transport, because it's just you know it's it's also safety and numbers and all that stuff. If you're if it really gets down yeah. to that, where you're super yeah. uncertain, um, and it'll always uh, cost a little bit less as well. So yeah, those are those are really the the like you know top top line things to take into consideration. Um, it'll it'll you know best case scenario you avoid. Uh, you avoid being ripped off. Worst case scenario, you've avoided something that could potentially have been dangerous, right? And um, so those mm-hmm. are things to, to consider for sure.
1: So you have your money, you've got your transportation, <laughs> you've now landed at your hotel, Airbnb, or hotel tonight, you've landed at one of those places.
0: And you've got your SIM card.
1: <laughs> and you've got your SIM card, of course. What, what, okay, what happens What's at that point? Next, what, what do you do?
2: Oh, is it me again? Uh, I'm I'm going to start yes. running out of ideas in a second, but um, sure. So my next my next move would be to search, and this is very particular to me, guys. I would search for specifically the keywords specialty coffee, and that. <laughs> oh, whoa, 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 <laughs> and that would every yeah horrible. This is I just and I just introduced it as this is really important to me and it's very personal wow (laughs) well guys so clearly i will not do this again (laughs) i
0: think it's really important for anyone listening the first thing you do when you get to your location everybody needs to look for specialty coffee shops that is the only way to survive as a digital nomad you heard it here
2: (laughs) thank you marissa you've you've really made me feel Mm -hmm. better
0: just wanted to (laughs) just wanted to really you know, highlight that keynote. But I I do think, you know, all jokes aside, it is kind of funny, because for everybody different, like, there is no universal answer of what you need for you, right? Like, I personally don't, coffee makes me a little crazy. Like, I don't, I don't do well with coffee as these people know. (laughs) So um, I don't look for that. But like, some people literally cannot survive without their their coffee. So I think it's actually awesome. You go on Diego.
2: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I get to be me. Um, no, look, this is going to go somewhere. I promise you guys. Um, in short, I, I, work really well and productively from cafes. Um, and, and that's another one for the future. We can probably talk about like, where do we work best, right? There's the, the obvious yeah. options are home cafes or co-working spaces. My happy place is in a cafe. And at the end yeah. of the day, the point is I need to be able to hit the ground running, be productive right away yes, that does mean specialty coffee. And I've I've become a coffee snob over the last five years, I used to be happy with absolutely anything, like I'd start off at Starbucks, and that was it, right. But at this point, now, it's got to be like, you know, fancy Guatemalan coffee prepared in the perfect place. It's ridiculous. And it's painful, um, because I now have to deal with that burden that I have to find this place wherever I go. Anyway, once I've uh, marked a few of them on Google Maps, I then just, you know, start exploring them. And and then I find my happy one. And and then I just stick to that. Because, you know, digital nomads are creatures of habits, we do not like Things yeah, change. <laughs> um,
0: I think that's ironic. I think you and I, Diego, have had this conversation before of the irony of when we get to a new location, we find like a restaurant or a cafe or two or three, and like we kind of stick to that almost every day because everything else in your life is changing so much from country to country and city to city that having your your place where, where everyone knows your name um, is is really nice when you get somewhere. Well, so I think that's fun. Plus, well, you
1: want stuff to work too, like, you know, you get there, yeah you, you, you wanna know that the thing
0: you like, it has Wi Fi yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: So once you've got your spot locked in, you're like, okay, office, I live here now,
0: good.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's one more little tip to add to, to all of that. Cause like, look what, at, what I'm doing at the end of the day, like you call it specialty coffee or whatever it is that you're searching for, just cafe or healthy food or whatever that is. The point is you're trying to find a place that, if you like to work from other places, right. a place that you could actually work from, right? What yeah. I'll then do is once I found some of those places, um, then I'll go into the reviews and search for work or Wi-Fi or internet or laptop, like those keywords within the reviews of that particular uh, restaurant, cafe, whatever it is that you want to work from. And then in there, you'll see um, not only if the internet's good enough to work, but also if people actually felt comfortable working from there, right? Because you don't want to be in a place that's either too busy, or you clearly know that the owners aren't really happy for you to to be hanging out there and, and working on your, yeah. on your laptop all the time. So anyway, that's how I, I get settled and find a place. And I will, I will hand back over to you guys because the <laughs> well, whole life thing, we I don't can talk so about
0: kind of the difference. And and actually one thing I want to point out as we're doing this, we wanted to do this podcast today because Diego has just recently arrived in Italy. Jeff has recently arrived in Spain, in Barcelona, I'm currently um, in New York at the moment, heading over to Europe soon, but yeah, this is kind of top of mind for us as we really are all over the world at all the times trying to find our our spots to do all this. So, um, you know, for Diego, it might be going to a coffee shop first to find, because that's his place to work. I do a lot of one-on-one calls for coaching and things like that. So, you know, podcast interviews, things. So I like to work from home. So when I get somewhere... I'll go in the place and say like, "Hey, where can I set up my computer so that it has a nice backdrop? If I'm doing video interviews, where you know do I get good Wi-Fi service in my room? If I'm you know staying with other people, or if not, how do I find a quiet place? So for everyone, it's really teach your own other friends. You know, um, really need intense Wi-Fi in and quiet place and love co-working spaces. So their first step might be, what are the four co-working spaces near me? And I'll go check out those. So really to each their own. But I think the, the kind of theme for that one is right when you get there, one of the first things is, where am I going to work for this, you know, days, weeks, months, however long you're there, at least in the start that you have somewhere comfortable. So That's number one. Jeff, when you first got to Barcelona, so you've got, we'll say you've got your your work figured out, you know where you're going to work from. What's your second thing you want to figure out? Well,
1: I didn't figure out where I was working from first. I
0: went to to the bar, went to the bar. I had to find the the local
1: bar, had to see what the, as Diego is a coffee snob and also, so am I, I'm also a beer snob. So I have to get those places locked in as well. So I had to make sure I had to check that box before I checked any other boxes.
0: (laughs) I made a poor assumption. I'm really sorry, Jeff. Yeah, like we, all, <laughs> that is, like we don't even know each other. <laughs> it's as if we Thank don't. You. That is a great one, though. Again, I love this because to each their own. Of uh, You got to <laughs> you out your laughing. coffee, your beer. Um, I did just laugh. Yeah. She says to each their you? own,
2: and then she uh, just cracks that up when difficult. we say what we actually do. <laughs> yeah, to each
1: their
0: own. Some of these
1: stupid ideas. <laughs>
0: Uh, you know, this is really important. No mad advice. But it actually I, I do joke. Because I love it. To, it's it's fun because it makes me laugh because it's not at all what I would search for first. So I love that you guys are, are doing that. But so we've got our coffee, you've got your beer, you beer. got your beer first and then you figure out where to so, work. So I I mean
1: like the order doesn't always follow. But like top of the list top of the <laughs> list always Wi Fi speed test. Like I get in the apartment and I immediately I'm checking Wi-Fi. I gotta see same yeah. thing that you're doing. Like I gotta figure out is it gonna work in my room. Is there a quiet space like stupid stuff like how many outlets are there near the table right because we've got five people here right now we've got five people do we have converters do we have extension cords like logistics i want all of my work stuff just completely buttoned up so that i don't have to worry about it when i wake up the next day so
0: but after you figured out where your breweries are
1: well naturally yes (laughs) obviously we've we've established that this is the highest priority situation um so yeah that i'm gonna i'm gonna find probably coffee shops the next day um and then we need to get into like personal hygiene stuff okay where can i run or exercise is there a gym nearby is there a good running trail Um, so in order to do that, I'm just going to Google gyms nearby. I'm going to talk to people in the area, like people that I'm staying with, if they know of any, um, I'm just going to walk around a lot of times. Like my best way to understand a new place is just walk it. And I'm just going to look around for like, are there any good running trails? Right. And I'll just, I'll just do that. Um, and then what else am I going to do? Um, shopping. Right. If you don't shop for yourself, you're going to get fat. (laughs) You have to you have to find good places to get um, to get groceries, like actual groceries, like you would at home. Otherwise, you're just going to eat out all the time. Right. So I'm going to find where the grocery stores can I walk it? How many bags do I need? Do they have delivery? Right. Um, Yeah. All those kind of things. I have to figure out all those logistics because I want to eat. and I want to eat healthy.
0: Yeah. That's great. Two of the first things I do have to do with that one, like you said, is try to figure out like what are some healthy places nearby. And if I don't go grocery shopping, maybe in the first 24 hours I get there, I'll see like, was there a local salad place? Like what looks mm-hmm. good? Where can I find it? Is it in walking distance? And hopefully that can be a current thing throughout the month. And I definitely try to go to what, grocery shopping in, in different countries is actually one of my favorite things to do at first because it's like so fun to, to see. I remember when I was with um, Diego and Oman, like just I was just mesmerized in the grocery store of like they had just shelves and shelves of like these giant bags of rice that i had never seen. It's just it's it's kind of fun just to see locally what people are eating, how they're shopping, what it's like, and things like that. <laughs> and then the other thing, like I'm a deer
1: headline. <laughs> like, oh God! Oh I God, am. Too, I need adults. Help me.
0: I know, but it's something that I, I think what is so enthralling about it to me is that as, you know, vacationer, which I had done for most of my life, I never needed to go to a local grocery right. store. I was eating right. out in a hotel or, you know, whatever. So for me, it's still kind of this reality check of like, I, I live here. I go to these local grocery stores. and it's, I think so for for me, it's really more the novelty of like, I'm living in this place. It's, it's cool. And then the other thing that I always do, and you mentioned this a little bit with running trails or things like that. I like to find a gym. Right away. So, for example, when I landed in Guatemala, I did a Google—you know—just look at Google Maps, search for gyms, found like three or four that looked. You know, I look at pictures of it, see if I can get a feel for it, and then I'll literally um, just walk around. You know, maybe the first or second day that I'm there, and go in and just check it out and see what it feels like. Do I like it? Mm-hmm. Try things out, things like that. So, those are my first steps for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's super important. It's and it's. I, I think it's worth noting because that's probably the first thing to go that you're going to write off because you're having fun, distracted by everything. Yeah. And your your mental and physical health are going to be the first things to go because you're just so distracted by everything else. So I think the idea yeah. is how do I keep my same healthy habits that I have at home and transplant that into a yeah. new place? Like what what can I yeah. do to replace the happy, the good healthy habits that I have at home and do it like early on? So
0: there's – a lot more thing. I know those are. We just really want to cover the basics of what to do when we hit the ground running. Uh, I think we can kind of wrap it up here. We can go into some more detail in later episodes about all the sim cards and all the things. But any other last tips, guys? Of one or two other things that you must have right when you land or in those first two three days.
2: I have one more thought, and that's it's less about like the specific item or thing that you're that you're looking for. It's more about um, I think if you can manage to, so if you have solid habits that you do, you know, say, for example, a morning routine, something like that, that allows you to just get yourself started right away. The best morning routines as a, as a digital nomad, as somebody traveling, are those that you can take with you wherever you go. You don't need, you know, elaborate tools yeah. or things or pay for this yeah. or do, you know, something that you can literally do either from your apartment or outside or something along those lines, right? Um, figure out a way to get that going literally right away. You know, you land. Uh, you know that the very next day when you wake up, you can do that. Honestly, that anchors you immediately yeah. in, in yeah. that like thing that you already know. And that allows you to start produ- productively right away. And it makes such a big difference. Then you yeah. just feel like, okay, I'm on it. I've got it. You know, This isn't going to be a problem, right? Because what you want to do if you're traveling is optimize.
1: Even if you yeah. can commit to 10 minutes a day, like making that mental, you'll probably do 20, right? And if you can do it in your own house, even better. You can do, you can do yoga anywhere. You can do HIIT workouts anywhere. You can do... Yeah. yeah. I mean, just pick up something that you can just bite off that micro commitment for sure.
0: Yeah. I love that. To that point, I have like a a jump rope I'll bring with me at fits, and I can do that anywhere. And like you said, Jeff, I love to walk for exercise too. Mm-hmm. So to be one of the best first things to do that day is like go for a walk yeah. for exercise, but then you kind the of get to lay the land. You can like spot restaurants that you might want to look at or, you know, other things. So all great tips, guys. Yeah. T-
1: totally underrated. Walking, you burn a lot more calories than people think, so just do it. All right. Yeah. Let's let's wrap this one up. We've got a lot more topics to unpack within this one, and we will definitely get to all of them. So thanks for joining us for on Beach Commute, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you, guys. Bye.
0: All right, that is a wrap on this episode. If you are listening and not yet a digital nomad, we hope this episode helps you to realize that it's really not so hard to get set up in a new place. Yes, there are many things to consider, but the more you do it, the easier it gets, and we all started somewhere, right? I had no idea what I was doing when I first started. So hopefully this will give you the inspiration to get out on the road, try out that first destination, and get up and running with your work while you do so. So if you're listening and you don't yet have a remote job that you can do remotely while traveling the world, and that is something that interests you, don't forget to check out our Go Remote Employment course. That's at beachcommute.com slash GRE. And inside the course, you'll learn everything you need to know to figure out which remote job is right for you, how to land that job, find job opportunities, get that interview, negotiate with the employer so that they are totally fine with you living in just different destinations around the world while you get your work done. So beachcommute.com slash GRE. We hope you enjoyed this episode and we hope to see you somewhere in the world very soon. Have a great day.